بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم الهمنا مراشد امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا في ديزغو وي ار بروجرام وذ سم ستودنتس سو ان حديث كيم تو مايند I will repeat this hadith for the benefit of all. May Allah tabarakta make it beneficial to all of us. The hadith appears in the Sunan of Imam Tirmidhi rahimahullah. The Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks about a dream he had with regards to Almighty Allah. And what he was told, what he was asked, and the manner of that narration So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions Atani al-layla Rabbi tabaraka wa ta'ala Fi ahsani surah That in the night My Allah came to me in the most unique In the most amazing, fascinating Most beautiful of forms Faqala ya Muhammadu Hal tadri fi ma yakhtasimu al-malau al-a'la And Allah tabaraka ta'ala asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That do you have any information of what the very high angels are at the moment discussing? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, no. And he says, فَوَضَعَ يَدَهُ بَيْنَ كَتِفَيَّ حَتَّى وَجَدْتُ بَرْدَهَا بَيْنَ ثَدِيَّ Allah Tawarukullah placed his most noble hand between my shoulders. I felt the coolness. فَعَلِمْتُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرُضِ And at that moment, whatever was happening all over, heavens and the earth, everything was like in front of me. And then Allah Tabarukullah again asked, هَلْ تَدْرِ فِي مَا يَخْتَصِمُ الْمَلَأُ الْأَعْلَى Do you have any knowledge of what the very high angels are discussing? So Nabi Wasallam now started giving the answer in the dream. So ilm was on that day a very high level of ilm. An extremely high level of ilm. The jelly of fine, fine matters. <coughs> Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then gave an answer, fil kafarat. That the angels are discussing what wipes away a person's sins. And at the end of the narration, what darajat. And then what makes a person just rise and rise and rise. So you will see the kafarat and the darajat, the washing away of the mistakes and the rising very high, both of it is not very, what is called, killing actions. It is small actions, which is slightly difficult. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then mentioned al-kafarat, that which wipes away. Al-maqsu fil-masajidi ba'd al-jama'at. That after the jama'at takes place, to stay in the masjid. Some narrations have mentioned intizarus salah ba'd salah That after one salah to wait for another salah. But in this dream, Nabi Wasallam gave a unique quest- answer. He said, maqsus, al-maqsu fil masajidi ba'd al-jama'at That to stay in the masjid after the jama'at. And because there was no pull till how long must you stay, it was left general, let's leave it general for us. Because me and you, we know we're not going to stay from Zuhar till Asr. But can we stay? Al-Maqthu fil-Masajid ba'd al-Jama'at. 
So any person who reads sunnah after salah, that sunnah is also because he's staying in the masjid after a jamaat. Otherwise the normal is after the jamaat, you'll see everyone itching just to get out, to go. So a man, even if he stays a few minutes extra, he at least stayed in the masjid after the jamaat. And in the madrasa, you all like got a fantastic chance. After the fajr, you're forced to stay. After the zuhr, you have to read sunnah. After the asr, you practically forced to stay. Or they try to force you. That's why always someone saying, stay in the masjid, stay in the masjid. As though they want to make kafara for you and you don't want the kafara. Al-maqthu fil masajidi. After Maghrib, there is two rakats, there could be four rakats, there could be six rakats, and you got a whole awabin. Never read fast, but if you read short. Because you must remember, like, people who are not you, they got a lot of work outside in the world. They got to run home, they got to buy bread, buy milk. You are that only group in the world who you got nothing outside. Even if you go late, you'll still get your food, they'll wait for you. And if they don't, you can complain. You can take your time. If you go to the clerk's desk, you got your kitab there. That extra five minutes will give extra barakah. It's not going to give less barakah. So you don't have to read a long awabin. You can read a short awabin. But al-maqthu fil masajiri ba'd al-jama'at. And after Isha, there is the two. Then there is three. Then there could be another two. Just with our sunan itself, we can get al-maqthu fil masajiri ba'd al-salam. So one kafara is done already. It's not a small kafara because it had to be such a unique action that the very high angels were discussing this. This is not some small thing like say on the ground whatever is small amuses small minds. So if there's something big happening you will see the big people talking about it. You'll see world war is taking place. Small people will talk about a cricket is taking place. Sokla. I said, like, what you got to do with the world? They don't know. He says that it's interesting. The wars, there's nothing I can do about it, so don't bother about it. The bigger the mind, the bigger the talk. But for the highest, highest angels to be talking about such a small thing, and for Almighty Allah to have so much of attention on that talk, that He is asking Rasulullah what are they discussing at the moment? And then for that whole heavens and earth to open up for this one point, it meant it's such a small action, but such a huge action. Why kafara got a very big meaning? It depends what it's erasing. This kafara means to erase. So if you write something on the blackboard and you erase it, that marker you used on the blackboard is meant to be erased. So it's nothing big. The duster is also small. But when kafara becomes like a big kafara, it means that the thing it's erasing is also major, major. Some narrations you will find kafaratul mubiqat. That you get certain things that erases those actions that were destructive. That would have finished your whole life up. Would have finished your year after. You just erased it. This is al-kafarat. So there's a very unique thing. This al-maksu fil masajid ibad salah But the only thing is when man is forced... And a lot of times you don't get the benefit. And when man is happy to stay, then you get it. So just sometimes think about it after Fajr, after Asr, after Zuhr, just stay a few minutes extra. With this in mind, Al-Maksu fil Masajidi Ba'd al-Salah, Ba'd al-Jama'ah, 
after the jamaat, I just stayed in the masjid. وَالْمَشْيُ عَلَى الْأَقْدَامِ إِلَى الْجَمَاعَاتِ And then to walk towards the masjid for salah. So in the madrasa, there's no other thing you're going to do. The rest of the world, we can't do this. We try, then it stops for a while. Very few got this opportunity. But while you're in madrasa for six years, you got no other thing to do but to walk to the masjid. But to think about this here, Al-Mashyu, Ala Al-Laqdam, Ila Al-Masajid, Ila Al-Jama'ah, that enjoy that walk. Enjoy the walk means walk, don't be pushed. Because sometimes after Zuhr, when Zuhr Azan takes place, we have to push the student, say walk. So that walk won't give you much. You must enjoy the walk, walk. And as you're walking, thinking about what is so great about this one-one step, that once upon a time the very high angels were discussing, as though they were shocked at what one one step could do for man. That's why they were discussing it. Did you see the power of the step? And the final, which also you and only you got the chance for it. To be able to make wuzu when it's not easy to make wuzu. The rest of the world don't have that. In the rest of what is called the modern world. For us to make wuzu is you open the hot tap. And hot water comes out. For you. Sometimes nothing comes out. When you have to make that wuzu, think of this. That what a thing is this. That those high, high angels. Obviously don't be so high in piety that you make such a long wuzu. That you die. Don't kill yourself. But Isbahul Wudu does not need that your hand has to go under flowing water until it freezes. When water is cold or very icy, Asal Sunnah of Wudu is to take little water in your hand. Very little. And once you put it on the limb, then as long as this hand doesn't separate from the limb, this is called flowing water. The water doesn't have to be flowing now. It was flowing until it reached there. Now with that little water, you can wash your whole hand. So that little water will never cause you to fall sick. Because you're not putting the hand under. This hand will get little frozen. Because you're just grabbing. But a very small amount. So you can still make a complete wuzu with cold water. And you don't have to get sick. وَإِزْبَاغُ الْوُضُوْ فِي الْمَكَارِهِ Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then mentioned فَمَنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ Whoever will do this. Look at this wording of this narration. How sweet it was mentioned. Man fa'ala dhalika. Whoever will do this. He waited in the masjid after jama'ah. He walked to the masjid for salah. It was difficult to make wuzu. He still made his wuzu. Faman fa'ala dhalika. Whoever will do this. Asha bi khair. Wa maata bi khair. He will live in a unique condition. He will die in a unique condition. Who doesn't want that? Look at that wording. Man fa'ala dhalika. Asha bi khair. Wa maata bi khair. وَكَانَ مِنْ خَطِيئَتِهِ كَيَوْمٍ وَلَدَتْهُ أُمُّهُ And he will be from his sons like the day his mother gave birth to him. So that's why it's a big thing the angels were discussing. May Allah Tabarakallah give it to all of us. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then says, In the dream Allah Tabarakallah said to me, Ya Muhammadu Qul, بَعْدَ الصَّلَاةِ That after your salah make this dua. So recently in a lot of bayans we have given targheeb to people, start making dua. 
You can make dua after salah, you can make dua at the end of the salah, before making salam. The imam is still busy with his duas. You finish your dua, you're waiting for salam, there you can make dua. You can make dua at the end of salah in sajda. You can make dua in sajda in every rakat. As long as it's a sunnah dua, then you got no problem. I have found many, many people don't make dua. One is after salah, hardly anyone in the world makes dua nowadays. But then at least in salah, in sajda. أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ الْعَبْدُ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى وَهُوَ سَاجِدٌ The closest a servant is to his Allah is while he's in sajda. فَاجْتَهِدُ فِيهِ بِالدُّعَى That is the place, exert yourself. Because maybe when you were small, we never got the habit of it. We heard Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la three times. And then, we never, no one told us, and then make a dua. You can make a dua there. فَجْتَهِدُ فِيهِ بِالدُّعَى Push, exert. You will start feeling enjoyment in your salah. If you know in every sajda, I got one dua. Because you'll wait for that sajda to come. So you choose a dua for one week, I'm only going to make this dua in sajda. Exert, exert, push, push. You must be able to push your dua so much that it must break through the heavens. فَاجْتَهِدُوا فِيهِ بِالدُّعَى So in this dream, Nabi Wasallam was taught one dua. That after salah, say this dua. And look at this dua and look at after what it was mentioned. The beginning of this narration was when ilm opened up to Rasulullah Wasallam. Such ilm that he was able to tell you the virtue of these amals. مَنْ فَعَلَ ذَلِكَ مَعَاشَ بِخَيْرِ وَمَاتَ بِخَيْرِ The virtue of the action he was able to say. He was able to say what the action is. He was able to say what the angels are discussing. So much of ilm there was. So he was able to give the question and give the answer. So much of ilm. But what dua was taught to him now? And perhaps it's a dua for every person who's going to be blessed with a lot of ilm of nubuwa. So what I mentioned the other day is that as Nabi Wasallam mentioned what's in the heavens and the earth that knowledge was given to me. While you are in the madrasa if you really look at the sunnah and Quran you will find the knowledge of the world is in this. It's packed here. You are the only one perhaps in the world who one day can say I know how Isa salam was born. You can be speaking to a Christian also and you will say to him, I know more about your Nabi than you. I can tell you when his mother met the angel, where she was at that time, what was the first conversation. I can tell you the first word of Isa salam. I can tell you what Yahya salam said, what Zakaria salam's dua in prophecy was. I can tell you Isa salam's granny, what dua she made. The amount of knowledge Allah has blessed to the people of knowledge. Is as though the heavens and the earth in the blessings of Rasulullah was given, opened up to you. You will know what Jibrail alayhi salam, Mikail alayhi salam is doing, speaking, the angel Israfil, the position he is sitting, how his face is tilted, the horn is. Perhaps you will not appreciate it while you are in the madrasa because you are surrounded by ilm. When a man is in a place where there is a heater on, it's hot. He doesn't understand there is something called cold. The day you will leave this environment and you will go in the world, you will find there is so much of ignorance. Then you will understand you got the knowledge of the heavens and the earth by you. Anything you pick up to discuss, you will find the people of in front of you know nothing about it. And you know what details about it. 
But look at the dua that was taught. The dua now was not on ilm. The dua was that now that that knowledge has come to you, Oh Allah, let me now be able to hold on, practice on that knowledge. Because there's a very big difference between ilm of deen and deen itself. The deen ulakumul arab. Hold on to the kalima and the Arabs will submit in front of you. Deen means submission. Deen means Islam. And the ilm of deen means the knowledge of how to submit. So the knowledge of what you will get if you stay in the masjid after salah, you got that knowledge. Man fa'ala dhalika, asha bi khair, ma'ata bi khair. You will give a bayan of that knowledge. But it is not everyone who after learning this knowledge will sit in the masjid for one minute extra. The nature of man is as soon as the salah finished, I want out. I need to go. It is not everyone who will make a wudu and while it's difficult, he will think, what a reward Allah is giving me. It is not everyone who will practice on whatever he's learning. So you're going to get the knowledge of the heavens and the earth that is called the ilm of submission. But it is not everyone that will submit. So this dua was now going to teach you that ask Allah that he must now give you, he gave you that knowledge. He must give you the chance to hold on to that knowledge. Allahumma inni yas'aluka fi'il al-khayrat. That, oh Allah, I ask you the ability to do whatever is good. Fi'il al-khayrat. وترك المنكرات and oh Allah whatever is evil to push it away because it is not when knowledge comes that deen has to come knowledge can sometimes come without submission that man sometimes is in a more serious position than the man who is ignorant because Allah Tabarukullah speaks about it in Quran وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا بِجَحَالَةٍ that man who did wrong in ignorance. And Allah says, then one knowledge came to him, Allah will definitely accept his tawbah. But that word jahala is very scary for the people of ilm. Because me and you are those who do wrong. But Allah ilmin, despite knowing it's wrong. There's no jahalat in this. So when knowledge comes, then there must be a submission that comes with it, or at least to feel bad. munkarat. That oh Allah, let it not be that I'm there in that environment of ilm, but I never submitted. So first I started off playing games, it was called makruhat. Wasn't nice what I'm doing. But it wasn't like haram in my understanding, it wasn't big stuff, it was small stuff. Like sometimes a man tells his wife, me, I don't mess around with any woman, I only flirt. So I say, I only flirt, like. Then, then he say, come on, man, everyone flirts. Like. So that's called small stuff, makruhat. <coughs> but nothing small ever stays small. The fire gets bigger. But man only does big when he thinks it's small. <coughs> Sahaba radiallahu would say, kunna na'udduha min al-mubiqat. That today you people are doing things and you'll regard it like a blade of hair. Or more insignificant than a blade of hair. He said, we would look at these things as mubiqat, that they will destroy us. He said, how you all look at it? Like small stuff. In that era, in our era, it's like a different world today. Tarkal munkarat is a unique dua. That, oh Allah, everything that is munkar. Munkar means strange. Strange means when someone looks at it, an angel looks at it, he looks shocked. That you doing the starkal munkarat. 
Anything is munkar. It was haram. It was more haram. It was makruh. It was khilaf awla. According to your maqam, وَتَرْقَ munkarat. See, a small child, you see him playing one game, cricket, soccer. Then you walk past him and you say, hey, what's the score you winning? Because he's a small child. He, even if the angel walks past and looks at him. Now imagine now you walk past a sheikh and he's playing cricket. Suddenly you'll get a heart attack. But you are the people of ill. So when the angel looks at me and you, perhaps sometimes he also gets a shock. <coughs> that what is sometimes jais for the rest is maybe not jais for me anymore. <coughs> a lot of times we have said this here that there's a lot of ikhtilaf in this photography story. That can you take pictures of this and can you take pictures of that? But for the people of ilm, our law is normally that we don't do it. Because we live on something called ihtiyat. We live on something called azimat. We live on something called as soon as I learned this ikhtilaf in this. That between Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Shafi rahimullah there's an ikhtilaf. That does wuzu break if a man touches a woman? Wad shahwat, without shahwat. So there's a lot of ikhtilaf. In the ending my madhab said wuzu doesn't break. So it means what? That I tell the people in front of me, your wuzu never broke. And because I'm the only one from the three who knows of the ikhtilaf. Imam Malik maybe said because of shahwat. Imam Shafi left it like general. Shahwat or no shahwat. I'm the only one who knows this ikhtilaf. So when my hand touches a woman, a woman who I can get married to or I'm married to, then maybe it must trouble me. Let me make wuzu. Because wuzu is nur ala nur. It's not going to harm me. Why? Because something is troubling my mind that there's an ikhtilaf in this. That according to one great man, my wuzu is broken. Let me make the wuzu. My knowledge was never ever to know the three views and to say the view that wuzu doesn't break is the right view. Why make wuzu again? The knowledge of ikhtilafat was to show us what is ahwat. That for the world this is ashar, easy, aisar. For me it's ahwat. So sometimes a small child playing cricket, the angel might not be shocked at him. He might be shocked at me and you. And similarly when these ikhtilafi issues carry on, then sometimes the angel might not look shocked at others. But they might look shocked at the people of ilm, the way you all carry on. It's as though there's no ikhtilaf in this issue. Where is that thing called ihtiyat? May Allah tawarukala give us all ihtiyat. Ever there's ikhtilaf in anything, just to pull why you don't eat prawns? We went to one town. Everyone asking us, why you don't eat prawns? So everywhere we say, no, it's not haram. We don't say it's haram. Because once you say haram, then the whole ikhtilaf comes. But this alim, this alim, this alim. <coughs> but because we don't say it's haram, doesn't mean we say you must eat it also. We say the very fact that you telling me this alim, this alim, this alim, ate it. Why are you saying that? You're saying that because you're trying to prove to me that see certain people ate it. Which means it can't be haram, it is halal. Now why you have to say that? In mangoes you don't tell me who ate mangoes. It means that you also know certain people never eat it. Now if some people never eat it, let me also not eat it. Because why can't a man practice on ihtiyat? Why is it first that if someone allowed it, you must do it? Rather you must also allow it, but you don't have to do it. 
So the people of ilm, وَتَرْكَ الْمُنْكَرَاتِ Oh Allah, whatever is munkar. Munkar means let somebody look at it strange. Nakarahum. Or nakaruhum. They never recognized him. That is that munkar. Look at that person. إِنِّي أَسْأَلُكَ فِعْلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ To be able to do whatever is good, oh Allah. وَتَرْكَ الْمُنْكَرَاتِ And to just leave whatever is not good. Look at that word, how general it was. وَحُبَّ الْمَسَاكِينَ And that's what we came for this narration. Because last year we were speaking about Kitabul Riqaq. And we came to the chapter of what is called that not loving the world so much. And the next chapter will be the chapter of the Fadilat of Faqr, of poverty, which no one in the world likes to hear about. But وَحُبَّ الْمَسَاكِينَ To at least love the poor. When a man loves the poor, when you love the rich, you start desiring to be, to love, to be with, to associate, to act like them. Everything. I want to be rich. But to be rich is a different thing. To enjoy the company of the rich is a different thing. A man can be rich, but he enjoys the company of the poor. He spends his wealth in very good causes. And a man can be poor, but he enjoys the company of the rich. He'll steal also just to stay on that company. He can be earning 25, 30, 40,000. But to stay on that company, he'll have to still steal to get another 40,000. That company, that hubbul masakin. If you're wealthy and you have love for the poor, you will go to countries where there's war and you will carry on distributing. Your wealth will be spent in so much of good. You can be poor and you have love for the rich. You will always feel that I need more. That al masakin, the love of the poor, Allah. Again, inni asaluka fi'al al khayrat, make amin. Watarka al munkarat, wahubba al masakin. Wa ida aratta bi ibadika fitna, fakbidni ilayka ghayra maftoon. Wa ida aratta bi ibadika fitna, fakbidni ilayka ghayra maftoon. And O oh Allah, when the time comes, when it's your decision, that a major test has to fall on your servants. Ulama have mentioned there are two types of fitna. One is that test, that difficulty, calamity, which is a hope of it being lifted. So you will find in the duas we were taught how Allah Tabarukullah's Nabi taught us, O oh Allah, lift the fitna, remove the fitna, push away the fitna. And then there's a second fitna, calamity, test, which is not going to be pushed away. Ulama have written, when man understands that this one is coming to stay, then the dua is, فَقْبِدْنِي إِلَيْكَ غَيْرَ مفتون. That, oh Allah, let me not fail in that fitna. Rather, pull me away to you in a condition that I did not fail. This غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ can have two meanings. One is, I never saw the fitna. One is, I never fall in the fitna, means I never fail. Many a time when zalim rulers, tyrants were brought up in Muslim lands, it was called fitna. That fitna which was now not going to be pushed away, it was going to demand from the people of ilm. It happened in the past, it happens today, it will always happen. That because you are the carrier of the flag of Islam, on the battlefield they'll only search for the flag carrier. From far they look, where is the man carrying the flag? You will find that Sahabi who says, I had it in the hand, they cut the hand. 
The other sahabi says, I saw him taking it in his other hand. Holding it like this here because now there was no hand holding it with his shoulder. I saw him fall and with him then only here. The flag fell and another sahabi rushed. He says he would not allow that flag to fall. That was the condition. When that exam comes, you are the flag bearers. So normally the tyrants will target me and you. And that is called fitna. وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ بِعِبَادِكَ fitna. This narration had a lot to do with ilm. That you got the knowledge. But now when the test comes, the test can come in so many ways to the people of ilm. One is, are you ready to sell your knowledge? Just cover your eyes, close your eyes, I'll give you a top job, but don't talk too much. If you see anything wrong here, one is with wisdom, try to change it. And one is, someone will tell you, be wise, don't change it. You lose your job. So as the person goes into that environment, he says, hey, you know what, just life carries on. And we have seen, and may Allah Taala save us all, that what was once upon a time regarded as so, so, so wrong, then we saw the man of ilm when he got caught up in that trap, how he was able to prove it is so, so, so right. He was able to give fadail of it. I think that the normal mind will say that, وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ بِعِبَادِكَ fitna. So one is that small imtihan, I lose a job, that's an fitna. Oh Allah, at that time, فَقْبِدْنِي إِلَيْكَ Let me die. غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ Don't let me fail. One is that tyrant comes, and tyrants have always come. At that time, how many scholars of the world, they stood up and said, you can do with me what you want, but I will not give in. فَقَبِذْنِي إِلَيْكَ غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ They died for the deen. They died. Take me to you, Allah. Let me not fail the imtihan. وَإِذَا رَدَّ بِعِبَادِكَ فِتْنَ فَتَوَفَّنِي غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ You also must make this dua. I must also make. That when that big test comes, and it comes to the people of ilm, then, O oh Allah, let me either not see the test. I die before the test. Or if the test comes, then I die for you, I don't fail in the test. فَقَبِذْنِي إِلَيْكَ That when you pull me towards you, recently when Muhammad Mursi passed away, Rahimullah, he gave a message to the world, to the scholars of the world, that a president could do such an act, which even great, great khatibs and scholars are not doing, to stand up and speak in the face of tyranny. أَفْضَلُ الْجِهَادِ كَلِمَةُ حَقِّ in the Sultan in Jair. It's not easy. وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ بِعِبَادِكَ فِتْنَةً فَقَبِذْنِي إِلَيْكَ غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ The present time in the world is very great tyrants. There's one tyrant in the world, in the country that everyone loves to go to on holidays come. Which is called Hijaz-e-Muqaddas. You just wait, I hope I can get a visa. There's one very, very big tyrant there. So one person mentioned that how come we're not hearing the scholars speaking about that? That a lot of evil is happening there. How come? But no one wants to talk about it. The reason is because every scholar knows that I also have to go for Umrah after this. I don't want to be the one talking and getting caught. فَقَبِدْنِي إِلَيْكَ غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ And suddenly everyone went silent. Certain scholars spoke and they just disappeared. This is a very big imtihan at the moment. وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ بِعِبَادِكَ فِتْنَةً فَتَوَفَّنِي غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ 
But look at this dua. May Allah Tabarakullah give us the acceptance of this. Inni yasaluka fi'il al-khayrat wa tarka al-munkarat wa hubba al-masakin wa idha aradta bi'ibadika fitna faqbidni ilayka ghayra maftoon. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ended the narration. He said, what darajat? And then the angels, I heard them discussing about now what will make you go higher and higher and higher. It's all wiped out already now. Now you're going to go higher. He said, if shahus salam, start making salam common amongst you. Every salam, raf'ud darajat, is just taking you higher, higher, higher. You will not understand how high that one salam takes you. But think about it. Why were the angels discussing this? As though they were shocked. They just as salamu alaykum and it made him fly. If shahus salam, wa it'amu ta'am, and then feed. And look how general the word is. It never said feed a hundred. Every day feed ten. Every day you must have a guest said feed. Ita'amu ta'am. Feed. So you got some food that came from home. You're sitting on the dastarkhan. You just think of ita'amu ta'am. You just call one friend to come eat. Ita'amu ta'am. You can be generous and you can feed. You can be very stingy and you don't feed. But if you think about how little will take you so far. Ita'amu ta'am. And the last was the hard one. وَالصَّلَاةُ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نَيَامٌ And then to perform a salah at night when everyone is fast asleep, then how you fly? Again, here yeah, very few people in the world can do it. You are the only people who perhaps sometimes go to sleep at half past 11, 12 o'clock. Not that you'll study so much, you'll talk so much. <laughs> go see, have, let's go have tea and after your tea finishes, it's 12 o'clock already. So then when the Nazim comes and says, go sleep, then you understand that the whole world is sleeping. When nasu nayam, at that time, just go on that musalla right by your bed, and just think about this. What darajat? And why were the angels discussing this? That if a man performs salah when everyone is sleeping, he's just flying. So then think, why can't I just fly? And just read two rakats. Look at these actions. Kafarat was still slightly hard to stay in the masjid. After Jamaat, for you people it's easy, for everybody else it's very hard. Walking to the masjid, for you people it's easy, for everyone it's very hard. Making wudu when it's difficult, everybody else can't do it because it's not difficult. For you people you're forced to do it, you have to do it. So you all got all three. But it's slightly difficult in each one. But darajat, going up, up, up to Allah, each one was so easy. Spread salam, there, there was no difficulty at all. Feed someone, there was no difficulty at all. And perform a salah when people are sleeping. It never <coughs> said you have to wake up. You awake already. Just perform a salah and think, Ad-Darajat. So in the top of the narration, what ilm was given? Bottom of the narration, what ilm? But in the middle of the narration was, what a dua. That, oh Allah, this knowledge that you have given, give me the chance to practice on this knowledge. فِعِلَ الْخَيْرَاتِ وَتَرْكَ الْمُنْكَرَاتِ وَحُبَّ الْمَسَاكِينَ وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ بِعِبَادِكَ فِتْنَةِ فَقْبِضْنِي إِلَيْكَ غَيْرَ مَفْتُونَ Allah Tawarukullah accept this dua on behalf of all of us. وَآخِرُ دعوانا.